when I'm creating content, I'm always creating for the can of curious consumer. So I always want to make people who might be interested in cannabis, but not quite comfortable like being public about it or even like going into a dispensary or something. I want those people to feel comfortable and I want to convert them into cannabis consumers or at least people who understand that cannabis is a plant that can help people and that there should be more access to it. Helping people understand that we've been trained to perceive this substance as like a really destructive drug in our society. And like, I just want to fight against that first and foremost with everything I do. Like I want to reach that person who's like, I don't really know about this. Like I've heard, I've heard some stuff about weed. You're listening to To Be Blunt, the podcast for cannabis marketers, where your host Shada Taravi and her guests are trailblazing the path to marketing, educating, and professionalizing cannabis. Light one up and listen up. Here's your host, Shada Taravi. <sighs> okay, that was me pretending to be an angel coming from above to deliver you the answers to all your questions about influencer marketing. Shit. I mean, it's just such a popular subject these days. I think when you are trying to market on social media, influencer marketing is obviously one of the main levers you want to pull, whether you want to be an influencer yourself and help disseminate information, education, content, or your brand who's trying to kind of, you know, get around social media advertising pitfalls that plague this industry. Working with influencers is something that every brand should consider. However, the nuances of working with influencers really, truly varies. I definitely have a little bit of insight into this just because I do come from the content marketing, branding, social media influence world. However, today's guest is a total pro. She has worked with people like Tommy Chong recently. She also did a promo with Kush Cards. I saw she's doing some work with Diego Pelliser, which is one of my favorite brands coming out of Colorado. And so today's guest, Whitney Adrian, also goes by, I'm going to make sure to link it. So at Sunny Days on the IG, she is a wealth of knowledge. I mean, we peeled back the curtain to how she became an influencer, how she got to work with top brands like Tommy Chong. And in the episode, she actually drops a new brand, a very popular, a very sexy brand that just got into cannabis that I think will pique your interest. And yeah, if you're somebody who just really better wants to understand how influencer marketing works, especially as it relates to cannabis, then this episode is for you. I hope you listen to the end. We have a lot of juice in this episode. And if you liked what you learned, please feel free to subscribe to the episode on iTunes and Spotify. I really appreciate it. So let's welcome Whitney Adrian to the show right now. Hi, I am Whitney. It's great to be here. I am a influencer on Instagram under the handle Sunny Days. That's Sunny with three N's. I also own a creative marketing agency called OK OK Creative. Let's see. I got into the industry four and a half years ago now. I went to a networking event with a friend of mine who was trying to get a job. And um, they actually ended up 
ended up offering me the interview because they were looking to um, grow the female representation on their market or on their marketing team. And yeah, the, the cannabis industry is very male dominated and it was a tech startup company on top of that. So super, super male dominated space. Um, and it was really interesting to be a female consumer within that space because they, I started off in sales, but they ended up pulling me from that position to start helping them create content for brands who wanted to showcase a female consumer's perspective. And then from there, I just started to realize how much that's where my passion lied. Like I, I really just, um, it just brought me such life to like be sharing these photos and be getting a response from the community that was like, Oh my God, I didn't realize that someone could look like you and have an active lifestyle and be productive and, and taking on new hobbies and not a lazy stoner basically. So from there, I kind of realized, Hey, I could actually do something with this and, and show people all the different sides of what a cannabis consumer can look like, help overcome that stigma of what a cannabis consumer is because I've been put into that box for years and years. I started smoking, um, back in high school and, uh, from there, it was definitely a recreational use, but I think I was also kind of like self-medicating for some anxiety and depression. And I just found such relief in this plant, but like it, it was something I was so ashamed of and felt like I needed to hide. And so when I moved out to Colorado, I, I was like, first of all, I was under the impression that once you graduated college, like you cannot smoke weed anymore. Like it is a thing for like, like, I don't know, rascals, young rascals. Like it, it's not something for people who are participating in the world as adults. And so that was like my impression. So when I moved out to Colorado, I was not intending to get into the industry. Um, and was kind of intending to just kind of move away from the cannabis scene altogether. Obviously that didn't happen because I moved here and it was like, Oh my God, can the candy store, like I have access to all of these wonderful products now and I can try everything I want. Um, it's right at my fingertips. I was living in Colorado for like a year before, um, I got into the cannabis space and then that job interview opportunity fell into my lap got into their team and kind of worked my way up and started my Instagram account as a way, as a platform to share um, these types of ideas and messages of people and to also just help spread education about the plant because there's so much unknown. I still feel like I barely know anything about cannabis and I've been in the industry for so many years. So yeah, I just, I'm just so in, so grateful to be where I am right now in this space. No, I appreciated that introduction for yourself because I think it helps connect the dots for those listening, right? You know, especially when you're on social media and you're projecting, this is what I do. This is who I am. I'm sure there's some sort of aspiration of, you know, how do I do that? How do I get there? So I know people are listening one, maybe how they can work with people like you who are influencers in the space, as well as two, how do people maybe become more comfortable 
being an influencer themselves in this space. And so I think it's really cool. I share a similar kind of journey as you. I come from a tech background to contrast, you know, I'm in Texas, you're in Colorado. So I also appreciated you kind of highlighting that that point because I think when you're talking about social media, influencer marketing, obviously there is a level of legality and to what degree it's not even like what products do you have access to? It's like, how comfortable do you then want to go put yourself on the internet? And so I know that that's, it's just a really interesting piece of, you know, point of conversation, which is why I'm so glad you're, you're having this talk with me because I just want to pick your brain further and kind of understand from you your story. It's not simple, but I'm following along in the sense of like, you know, you love cannabis, you found yourself in Colorado, found an opportunity to work kind of agnostically um, in the industry, but not really like reflecting with your own brand. You then saw an opportunity to like, hey, connect us. I'm a female. I actually like smoking. These brands want to have that conversation because yes, newsflash, it isn't just, you know, men, high school, you know, rascals, like you're kind of, you know, saying that picturesque of what a stoner looks like. It is strong, beautiful. I like you too. I love to work out. I work out six days a week and I like to smoke pot. Like those two are not mutually, you know, exclusive. And so to kind of reflect back on your journey, it just seems like you were taking advantage of an opportunity that was presenting itself to you that you kind of naturally eased into. Now to say that it was easy is, is obviously very not true. However, you're in a situation where it was like, Hey, I love this thing. How do I start talking about this? Okay, let's go. I'm sure you weren't really thinking of all the roadblocks. So I'm curious of the time it's been since you've kind of launched your account, you know, you have 60,000 followers. How do you navigate just that kind of at a high level, introduce us to being an influencer on Instagram in general and kind of what that means. And then let's maybe talk about what that looks like from a cannabis perspective. Right. Okay. So I definitely never, never thought that's kind of where it would take me. I am like so shy (laughs) and like, I, yeah, stage fright, like even like my heart is racing right now, just talking to you and you're like, yeah, like just thinking about how many people are going to listen to this. And when I think about like, yeah, how many people view my content, like I have really bad anxiety. So there's just a, a whole lot to work with on like the mental health front that goes into like being a content creator and being a public, I don't want to say public figure because 60,000 followers isn't that much, but like, you know, being publicly facing is, can be stressful. It doesn't come naturally to me at all, but what does come more naturally is creating feels really, really good and being able to put my perspective into something and, and then have it be like received and perceived by an audience in a really positive way and in a way that people will reach back out to me and say like that changed my entire view on this or like you just taught me something new that I never, never would have known if not for coming across this piece. And so I try to think about it from the perspective of when I'm creating content, I'm always creating for the can of curious consumer. So I always want to make people who might be interested in cannabis, but not quite comfortable, like being public about it, or even like going into a dispensary or something. I want those people to feel comfortable and I want to convert them into cannabis consumers, or at least people who 
understand that cannabis is a plant that can help people and that there should be more access to it. Helping people understand that we've been trained to perceive this substance as like a really destructive drug in our society. And like, I just want to fight against that first and foremost with everything I do. Like I want to reach that person who's like, I don't really know about this. Like I've heard, I've heard some stuff about weed. (laughs) So I think that's a little bit different than what some of my other friends in the space might be doing. And, you know, there's such a market for taking like one gram dabs and like, you know, consuming as much as you possibly can and having the more over the top kind of consumption, like playfulness, which is so fun and entertaining. It's just not me. Like I don't like to do things in a way that doesn't feel authentic to like how I would actually do it. And so everything that I put out there, I want them to understand like, this is actually me. Like I'm not, I'm not faking this. Like, yeah, I may have like set up a couple lights to make this shot a little bit nicer, but like, this is how I live my life. And, and I just want it to feel really approachable and like welcoming and not intimidating or definitely not like overly sexual. Like that's another thing that I have really, really fought against since creating my account. Everyone wants to sexualize cannabis when it comes to female consumers. And that's what I saw initially when um, the company I was working for, when I first got into the space, it's called Mass Roots. Um, When they first started pulling me into these shoots, like we got such a positive feedback from all the brands that we were working with. Like, oh my God, you're showing females in this light that's like normal and like approachable and and like would make people feel comfortable and not like lingerie and boobs and like those things are great. And I think there is actually a really, really, I think that those things can be done. Right. I think that just sometimes brands lean a little bit too heavily on that. And I I think that's kind of a little bit outdated at this point. Like people get that they need to be a bit more approachable and like realistic with their content and move away from that direction. But, um, yeah, I think, I think it's, it takes a lot, honestly, to like not go there because easily like sex sells, obviously. So, you know, that you could post a photo that's, that does include those elements and maybe your engagement increases like 200%. But is that a, what my clients are going to want? Like, are they going to feel like, I'm putting out content and that my audience is receiving it because of what I'm talking about and the elements that go into that content, or is it just because they want to see the goods? So like, I, I think about my clients when I'm creating content too, like what, like, is this reflecting on their brand positively? And, um, and yeah, there's just a lot that goes into it. That's, there's not as much like creative freedom as you might think when it comes to being a, a content creator and influencer and there's just a lot to navigate within being in this market especially because i think this kind of leads into what your next question was but being a cannabis influencer is a little bit different from being an influencer in other spaces because this is one of the few ways that cannabis brands have 
to market. Like they, they can't run ads on Facebook or Instagram. They kind of have to use influencers as their marketing channels. And it's kind of like they, they get to kind of take the risk off of their plates and the influencer kind of assumes that risk. I think about it every single day. My account could get deleted at any time. And that's just a reality that anyone with a cannabis facing Instagram account or Facebook account has at all times. So it's a, it's a complex world. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you kind of said that last point, because I do think it's a risk that people need to be present to. And I know I talk about it a lot on my podcast and just in general, you and I are in a similar position in the sense of we are the content creator for our own account and respectively to some extent for our own business. So obviously you're working with clients who are coming to you. I own my own CBD brand. I'm, I'm choosing that risk. It's like, I will post about this because it's me, but obviously like you stated, if I was the brand and I had hired a you to post on my behalf, your, your account or your content could get shut down, which sucks, right? Like it just, it's the reality though of the industry that we're playing in. But I I appreciate the the position that you're sitting in where you are working with brands, both as they're your clients. And so you're helping kind of guide them, whether it's, hey, this is what, not just women, but like, this is like what cannabis looks like in 2020. These are how consumers want to be engaged with. Here's this like really comfortable, welcoming approach through content that you're creating. But then on the flip side, I am curious too, just because I do not have as many followers as you by any means, but I fancy myself a little bit of an influencer here in Austin. I started out as a food blogger, honestly, and then that transitioned into, I shared a similar kind of maybe not journey, but a decision where I realized I love cannabis and I'm in this industry and I want to convert my influence, quote unquote, into cannabis influencing, specifically from an educational perspective. Now, because I mainly use my channel for promoting, I'm like here to normalize cannabis. I don't really work with a lot of other brands. Um, I'm primarily promoting my own content, whether it's my podcast or my my CBD brand. But because I, I was a former and sometimes still influenced for other brands outside of cannabis, I know a little bit of that world and how that transaction works, right? You know, people assume, oh, Whitney posted this photo. Either Whitney likes this product and she bought it with her own money, or maybe it's a sponsored post and Whitney was given the product or paid money for the product to be posting. Kind of help me navigate that because I know a little bit of that filtered through cannabis. I know because Colorado, for example, you know, uh, the way that they track it with the state, to my understanding, you can't always gift things away. So there has to be some sort of monetary association to it. I'm just curious to kind of unpack that aspect as well as a better understanding. Do you find that brands come to you because you've built yourself up as this influencer or do you go kind of source brands that you want to work with? Oh gosh, I'm so lucky. And I feel like I need to like knock on wood as I say this, but I have done very little outbound sales in my career. (laughs) And it's really nice because I, I just kind of go through my DMS and and see who's, who's interested. I, I get reached out to every day and then I'll usually have those brands send their products. First, I vet their, their brand based on their Instagram and their website. So it's a newer brand it, it doesn't necessarily mean that I don't want to work with them if, the, if it's a newer brand, but they just need to understand marketing and understand branding. And like, 
you can tell pretty easily if a brand understands those things or not by looking at their Instagram page. I guess I do kind of judge a book by its cover in that sense, but it's just kind of like my first like, okay, they get it or like, okay, they're not going to understand or maybe they're not going to be willing to meet me where like my, I feel my value is in terms of providing these services and like having the right budget for that. So going back to like your first part of the question, um, I generally, when I'm posting like brands or products, those are sponsored posts where I've either been gifted the product or paid to post. I do post about products and brands that I just enjoy or maybe have created relationships over the years with and just really support them as a business, as a person, like all those kinds of things. So it's kind of, it's kind of both, but it's just, it's hard because brands are reaching out to you every day and 99% of the time they're like, Hey, can I send you this product in exchange for a post? And I like, I wish I could give you a little tour of my CBD section over there. I'm it's like a, a 10th of how much CBD I've been gifted in the past year. Like I feel bad. I just have to like, I, I end up giving it away to my friends and family, which is great because now everyone in my life gets to enjoy CBD. And like, that is very valuable to me, like that people in my life can access it and get to try things that they might not, um, go and seek themselves, but then realize like, Oh my God, I need this in my life. So that's been really beautiful in terms of like trading for product, but, um, it just does get to a point where you're putting in so much effort and like creating one post, even like a story post for me, like it could take me an hour to get like all of the little details, right. And, and to make sure it looks really good because I want it to reflect really well on my brand. I want it to reflect well on my clients' brands. So I'm, I don't want to half-ass that. And when I do take on those like free trade partnerships, it just, the quality of the content isn't, is just like not going to be as strong because my paying clients, like that's where my energy and time is being focused. So these like follow up like freebies, I just, I end, I end up just saying no now because I'm like, I just don't want you to be in a situation where like you sent me a product, which I know costs you a small business money and like you're putting your effort and time into this. I don't want to waste your time or your money. Like I'm just going to say no right now. And that transparency has been really appreciated by brands. Cause before I was just like, sorry, no, I'm not doing free trades. Like, and cause it got, it got to be frustrating. Like, Oh my God, like I'm providing a service. Would you ask your plumber to like trade for fixing your sink? Like, there, it's a service and I, this is how I make my income and pay off my, my debt and all that, like, just like anyone else. So I think people just have this perception that the job is really cushy and that I'm just kind of chilling, smoking all the time, but that could not be further from the truth. Like I definitely consume cannabis all day long. And that's actually something I'm cutting back on a little bit because I've realized like I just I get into a very creative state, but then I don't get I'm not not as like strategic and like organized and whatnot. So I'm going to start cutting back or waiting until the afternoon to to consume now and just get those things out of the way in the morning. But I'm glad you highlighted that because I I can I can relate to what you're saying, you know, especially from like a food blogger perspective 
that was fun. I loved eating free food. It was awesome. I made it like, you know, date night. I made it like girl night with my friends. It was always something going on. And then as my account started to grow, it got to a point of like, and especially from like health and fitness, like we talked about a little bit in the beginning, I don't eat dairy anymore. And so when my diet changed, I didn't want to go out to eat these things. It's like my job. It's my job to go take photos. I will do that if it's, you know, a paid gig or if it's a brand that I've built a relationship with. But yeah, I just had a friend DM me last night and it's like, hey, this restaurant just reopened. And I'm like, I don't, I haven't eaten there and I don't eat that food. And I'm not just going to post about it because you asked me to do it. I will sometimes depending on the brand, but I just, I think, um, I think businesses in the space don't know how to work with influencers, period, let alone the cannabis influencer where again, to kind of circle back around to a point you made, it's so, um, it just, it's, it's very like volatile. It's like, you're taking the ownership for the brand. And obviously you mentioned CBD, but being in Colorado, you're also dealing with THC products. I mean, weed and hemp look very similar, right? And so it doesn't matter really what the product is. You're still taking that risk by creating content. And so absolutely it has to be a value for you to go take that risk. quick break to say thank you to Restart CBD for sponsoring this podcast. Restart CBD is a brand my sisters and I founded in our hometown in Austin, Texas. We operate a retail location as well as an e-commerce store, and you can browse our wide range of CBD products at restartcbd.com. Again, thank you to Restart for allowing me the time and resources to put on To Be Blunt. I hope you'll check them out for your CBD needs. Let's go back to the episode. What I am curious a little bit to learn more about from you is how you're creating the content. You talked a little bit about the effort and the, you know, intention it goes into making a story. I understand that sometimes like me just picking the font color out is just like overwhelming. But when you're talking to these brands and you're trying to think of new ways to create content, you know, what is kind of that thought process? I saw um, you've been working with some pretty well-known brands, you know, is it, is it like their vision? Do they give you free, freedom and creative control to kind of come up with what you think is interesting? I'm just curious if it kind of varies from a cannabis influencer compared to just working with any regular brand. So it definitely depends on the brand because it, it kind of depends on how put together the brand's like marketing team is. So a lot of brands are kind of scrambling, don't really have much marketing team, or if they do, it might be a bit of like an older age group demographic that's like running the marketing team, it seems, in my experience. So not everyone understands influencer marketing, which has been, that's kind of the difficult part, um, just explaining the value behind it and the amount of reach you can get from it and, and all that. It does take a little bit of a learning curve there. Well, obviously people are sliding into your DMs and they're like, hey, can I send you this product? And you just shared, you know, and like I was sharing too, like what good is all this stuff if you have like you have the the high quality that you want unless it's paying you or it's of some other value to your consumers. It's like you can't just slide into my DM and offer me this this thing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Some brands are on their shit. Like I actually am working with I never thought that I would be so excited about this, but I'm working with Playboy on a post 
I know, right? They just I just saw they got into yeah. Yeah, they yeah, they launched a CBD line and I don't know, I've been like just feeling so fucking cool. Like it just feels really cool. It's just like it's such a big brand and they actually are doing some really cool shit for social justice and all that. So, yeah, it feels good, but um they are a really good example of a brand that has their shit together and um, they sent over this like 25 page creative brief with all of the outline, like everything is detailed and it's like, it's, it, I think it has its ups and downs. It's good to have that guidance because it's so frustrating to like create content. I just did this for a brand and I was so frustrated. I created content for them. Um, took me a few hours to set it all up, edited it, all of that delivered it. And they were like, Oh, uh, we sent you a shirt with that package. Like you were supposed to be wearing the shirt in those photos. And I'm like, if you, if this was in a creative brief beforehand, I wouldn't have just done double the work. So there's, yeah, there's a lot. I think it's really helpful to know exactly what a brand is looking for in terms of their expectations. And this creative brief, brief from Playboy included a, a bunch of different um, visual ideas as well for, for content. So it does help like kind of, it helps me start to form a picture of what I want to create with those guidelines or like with those elements that they've included in their mood board. Um, so yeah, I think, I think I like when a brand provides more direction. I don't like when it's like, you need to be sitting in a red shirt on a black wall and like very specific like that. That's a little bit more difficult and a few more like hoops to jump through. But yeah, it it is nice to have direction. I just saw someone post on Instagram in, you know, in honor of kind of like small business Saturday and just like shopping small, shopping local. It was highlighting, you know, influencers saying like, don't forget you are a small business yourself. And I love the way that you're articulating and highlighting this because I think social media has become so transactional and I'm even, I don't want to say guilty of saying this, but I, and I believe it's true, but I think we're all influencers, right? I mean, you kind of highlighted, you're getting these products, your friends and family, like they're getting to benefit from you, whether you had Instagram or not, you're an influence to them. So if you're a cannabis consumer, you're helping influence that conversation, um, answering their questions, directing them to products you like. And so I just think that there's this kind of idea to people get put on pedestals not realizing like we're all already influencers, but then kind of when you're putting it through that filter of working with a brand, I mean, I love that you highlighted Playboy and that's such a cool opportunity because yeah, I just saw that they uh, had launched. I don't, I don't know if they've like officially released their products, but I saw some press release for it and thought that was really cool. But to see these brands vary and how they want to work with different influencers. And I think social media is just such an exciting platform and what a time to be alive where anybody can go on. And I mean, I have a chunk of followers, I'll admit, but I, I may have been playing around with reels lately. And I'm a big believer of like when Instagram releases new features, you should use them. And so I've been playing with reels and playing with reels and maybe a couple thousand views. And then a couple of weeks ago, I hit a reel that got a hundred thousand plus views. And I was like, oh damn, here she goes. And, and I just think that's the cool power. Like whether you have five followers, 500,000 followers, the platform, if you play at it enough, work at it enough, you can grow it obviously, but then also realizing the influence that we have just kind of in our everyday to day lives. And so I just, I want to just kind of 
re-articulate and highlight kind of for those people listening, because I think that it's easy to glorify, oh, I want to go hire Wit or I want to work with her, which I absolutely encourage people to obviously follow you and want to work with you because your content is really beautiful and really thoughtful. But I also want people to realize the range of this conversation is so dramatic. There's tons of people out there who will write about your product for free. Do they have the audience you want? And there's tons of people who will charge for your product. But again, do they have the audience you want? Do they have the quality of content being created? Um, for me with food, you know, eating the food and liking it and telling your friends is one thing, but like taking a really nice photo of the food at dinner with no great lighting is mastery. And being able to produce that for a client or for a business that you're working with is obviously like the intention of why they're working with you is because they ultimately want content that they can use, they can repurpose, they can, you know, extend out. And so it's just a very interesting dynamic given everything that I know about influencer marketing and how little, like I said earlier, people really don't know how to work or navigate it. And so it oftentimes is like, Hey, let me just send you this stuff for free pretty please put it on the internet. And another thing you said that I wanted to applaud is um, vetting these brands. Again, I think for people listening who maybe are a brand, hopefully you are on your ship because you're listening to this podcast and I stress it every fucking episode, but like you need to know your product. You need to know your market. You need to know who you're speaking to. And so, yeah, if I see a brand DMs me and it's like, promote my CBD gum and you go to their website and they don't have COAs and they don't have, you know, any information about who they are, I'm probably less likely to qualify them as a brand that I would want to work with versus, yeah, if Playboy comes in, obviously it's Playboy. It's great to work with name brands, but hey, you're speaking in a language I understand. You're respecting this agreement that we're setting up. Um, it's like this mutually beneficial engagement that's taking place. So again, it's not that there's a right or wrong approach, but obviously you're at a tier where you're getting to, you've worked your way there. So you're getting to create more of these scenarios to be more what you ultimately want. And so I think that's just something for people to kind of keep in mind is that social media, there's not really a ton of rules except there's some rules. So my kind of follow-up question to you, you're posting this cannabis content. You say that you are, you know, obviously rightfully nervous of an account getting shut down. Have you ever gotten content flagged? Are there any kind of things you've learned over the years, maybe of posting and not posting? Like the other day I had a piece of content. I was smoking. I learned Instagram doesn't like actually smoking, but I do it anyway. Sometimes they remove it and sometimes it sticks. (laughs) I know that's all you can really do. I feel like at this point, just like you just post and see what catches and what doesn't. Um, I, again, I'm going to knock on wood that I haven't really been flagged. I don't think I've ever had content flagged other than I used some copywritten song for a video once and that was flagged and taken down, but I've never been flagged for my cannabis content before. And I have always definitely tried to create that content with a very like thinking of the Instagram bots and like how they're going to read it and definitely never um, promoting like direct uh, sales of like THC. Um, Obviously you can promote like, Oh, I'm shopping at this dispensary, but um, being like, go buy this eighth is only $30 right now. Like go buy that. That kind of stuff is, is not, 
Um, you have to be a little bit more subtle than that. So um, definitely, I think I just try to keep it more talking about my experiences with the products and not making um, big claims. I mean, educational claims for sure. But like um, with CBD, especially, as you know, you can't claim like this product helps with anxiety or sleep or anything medical. So just making it more about my experience and saying like, I've been able to decrease my anxiety after using this product or, you know, feel more stress-free or something like that. The language of it is, is really critical. And then, yeah, in terms of visuals, like I've never really really had an issue with those with with photos getting flagged i've seen people post like huge like bags of weed being like swimming in weed and have never gotten flagged which obviously is not a legal situation like i don't know it's not a licensed facility probably but um i think it's so scary because no one knows what the rules are with instagram like some people get taken down. No one knows why they were taken down. No one knows what's acceptable because it's still classified as a schedule one drug. And yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's just, it's a head scratcher. You never know what you're going to get with Instagram. I guess, do you find that you've learned, obviously you haven't, you just said you haven't gotten really penalized significantly. Do you learn by trial by error or is it through kind of the network of your peers? You're kind of observing what's happening. How do you, especially as a content creator, how do you stay up to date on laws, social media restrictions, you know, just making sure that you're operating not even like as legally to protect yourself, but obviously knowing that the plant is kind of in this federal state of flux. How do you stay on top of your shit? Honestly, it is a lot of trial and error. Like you said, I try to stay on top of regulatory changes. I actually used to work for a company called Canaregs before. Uh, it That's uh, a whole other story. Um, but they, they track the like county level changes in every single cannabis law in the country. I don't, they actually may have added like globally at this point. Um, So that is a really good resource um, to have up your sleeve. And I want to say that they offer different types of levels where you can like only access the marketing regulations that you need for your business or instead of like the whole database of what they have. I honestly should probably look into just getting that for my business because like you said, it's it's good to just talk to yourself, your own brand my clients' brands, um, and just like the platform that I've built for four years now, like it would be extremely devastating to lose that. And I wish I could just talk to someone on Instagram and be like, what do you want from us? Just tell us and we'll listen. Like we'll follow your rules. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a fair reality to point out, right? It's like you put all this effort into building this platform. I think I share a similar sentiment. I know a lot of people in our industry share the sentiment of like, we want to abide by your rules. And I think the shithole that we're in is obviously weed and and hemp look 
similar. And so while one is federally legal, it's being penalized. So we're kind of in a similar but different position, right? Like you are in a legal state where what you're posting is legal where you live and you're posting products that are federally legal as well if you're posting CBD. I live in a not legal THC state, but I post CBD products. But because CBD still obviously has this confusing gray weird area with THC, it's just such a gamble. And and it's it's not to deter people from social media. I, I was just telling you before we started recording, I'm giving a presentation, which I don't know when it'll air, but for Emerge Canada, and it's all about you know social media marketing. How do you market your dispensary? And and because I come from this background of, of social I'm going to be on Instagram regardless of how complex it is. But again, for people listening in the industry at large, I think there's just so much fear. How do you navigate it? Whether it's for yourself or you're working with, you know, influencers or other brands that you're partnering with, you have to kind of learn as much as you can and then be comfortable with the the middle fuck what's happening. I don't know where the laws changing. what's going on today, which I feel like is constant in this industry, but obviously your proof that you can survive it and navigate it to be a resource. I mean, cause that's ultimately what you are. I mean, yes, you're a business you're operating, but I see the business that you're selling is, is education, right? You're connecting consumers to brands that are trusted by you. You're a thought leader in the space. And so that should be absolutely a tool that every marketer, whether again, they're doing their own social or they're hiring people to do their social or doing collaborations, like social media is such a important tool to not give a shit about. But the hammer is oh shit, what are we creating? What can we say? And who's going to potentially see it? So yeah. When could it all be just destroyed? (laughs) We'll wrap on like a positive note. Aside from Playboy, what are some of the cooler brands maybe if there's a particular story that comes to mind that you've been able to, it's kind of a twofold question. One, maybe what's a really cool brand story that you've got to help create content for. And then I'd love to also know what is a cool story maybe from, you know, are are they viewers? Are they followers? Whoever's watching and engaging with your content that, you know, maybe just like a feel good story. Yeah. So for a cool opportunity recently, it was having the opportunity to shoot with Tommy Chong in LA a few, uh, probably a month ago now. My friend Lauren, who owns Kush Cards with two Ks, she was looking for a photographer for a shoot that she had planned with Tommy. I was already going to be in San Diego doing some content with a couple of friends there that do the same thing. And it's just like the universe aligned. And I was like, I'm going to be in, like, I could be there. And she was like, cool, let's fucking do it. So, yeah, I, I really felt like that was just like the universe shining down on me being like, you know what? You've been working hard. Here you go. <laughs> Cause I, yeah, I truly was not expecting anything like that to come my way anytime soon. And I'm really, really focusing on my photography lately. I, I really want to put all of my energy into just growing my understanding of light and all, all that fun stuff. It's just such a, wonderful art to get yourself into and you can make money off of it turns out. 
So that's cool too. <laughs> so yeah, I would say shooting with Tommy Chong was really cool. He was super down to earth. He is exactly how you'd think. He was just, yeah, got really, really stoned really quickly and was just a goofball. So it was a good time. That's so awesome. Yeah. Is, is that like the first kind of cannabis celebrity that you've been in the presence with, or I'm sure you've had some cool, maybe other smoke stories. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. I'm trying to think who else. I mean, I'm always trying to see how many degrees away am I from somebody who smoked with Snoop Dogg? Oh my God. Oh my God. I know someone who smoked in the same room as Snoop Dogg. So you're three, you're three degrees away. Love that. That's so cool. Yeah. I think, uh, obviously there's a lot of celebrity influence, obviously Tommy Chong. I mean, besides being a celebrity, he's just like synonymous with cannabis. And so it's just like a, a very cool OG experience to be able to do with this brand that you've been building. That's awesome. Totally. Yeah. It was, I was like, I'm probably going to, this is something I'm going to tell my grandkids about probably. (laughs) And you got it through essentially social media. Like who would have thought in 2020, we were able to use the internet for these, these great connections. It's crazy. It's so crazy. Okay. Now I want to hear, yeah, a fun or heartwarming or heart wrenching, you know, story of someone who maybe learned something cool from you and it impacted their life. Yeah. I mean, oh gosh. The best messages I get are people who are like, I tried this product that you recommended. I gave it to my mom or my grandmother who was so anti-cannabis. And now they are like huge proponents because they finally found relief for something that they have been struggling to find relief for, for decades. And like, that is the most like that is why we do what we do, right? Like have it like bringing people to the plant and like connecting the two is why we're here. And like what gives me motivation to keep doing this and to keep um, growing the platform and the community and people having like real physical experiences of relief and feeling good and happy, like what's better than that? That's, that's just such a beautiful thing. So. No, it's really the like icing on top of everything. I think because that is what it's about. It is about the plant and how do you connect people to the plant? Like you said so beautifully, and it's just, you know, you're creating that opportunity for yourself. You created, like I said earlier, you're a small business. You created this opportunity to be able to pay off your student loan debt to, you know, have a lifestyle that you are happy and healthy and fulfilled in. And then also you get to help push that boundary forward for cannabis, which is ultimately what I want people to take away when they listen to these episodes. It's just hearing people's unique stories um, because obviously it's not that A lot of people can be influencers, but obviously not a lot of people will be influencers, maybe at a financially profitable perspective. And so it's just like hearing these stories and kind of figuring out, wow, like what resonates with me? Maybe where's an opportunity that I can be more thoughtful or maybe an area of marketing that I, I'm not great at. Maybe I could hire Whitney for, um, I just think connecting those dots is really what it's all about. And so I just think what you're doing is so cool and it's such an under, communicated under discussed aspects of the industry. It's, it's almost something that's like, Oh, well you can't really be on social media. It's like, go, go figure out influencers. 
And I only know about it, like I said, because I kind of come from that world, but I look at these brands and they're kind of fumbling. And when you look at the spectrum of people who are creating content, I mean, to kind of wrap it around a little bit too, you mentioned earlier, you're more on the educational side. And then you mentioned there's people who are like, obviously on the smoke side, the plumes are dabbing, you know, crazy coughs and all this stuff. And it's fun content to watch. And I think there are brands out there that, that that's their audience, that's their target. Um, so again, it's like, there's so many opportunities in cannabis and there's so many different consumers that I really were just scratching the surface. So I'm excited to watch you keep kicking ass and growing. And, and I guess final question I will ask and leave you with, if you can, I was just like to know, you know, what's your favorite, maybe not favorite brand in the sense of like brand, but like a brand that's doing marketing and cannabis really well. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, 1906 just popped into my mind instantly. Like, I don't know if, if you don't know this brand, just go look, you'll, you'll fall in love. The content they create is so beautiful and clean. And it just creates this feeling of like, everything's going to be okay. And like, that is such a beautiful way to be as a brand in this world. Cause that's what cannabis is about too. Like it's about being better and feeling better and being a better version of yourself. So I think they really knock it out of the park in every single realm of marketing. And if you guys need advice on where to start your, your brand, go look at 1906 new highs. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening all the way to the end of the episode. I hope you went and followed Whitney because I really, truly do love the content that she creates. And as an influencer myself, I think it's really important when you can find people who, one, you can resonate with, whether it's somebody who's creating content that you like to consume, or two, whether you're a brand looking for an influencer to work with, you obviously want to make sure that that person has a great quality about them. They create the content in the way that will best represent your brand, but also be forewarned that there are still some, you know, some detriments when it comes to social media in general. Obviously, Whitney expressed that she hasn't experienced too many pushbacks, but just to be, you know, upfront, there's definitely things that I've personally experienced on my own Instagram account, posting certain type of cannabis content, having things be flagged, having them be removed. And again, when you're a brand, you're trying to avoid that. But when you work with an influencer, the influencer definitely takes on that ownership. And then if you're like me and you're an influencer and a brand, you're kind of, you know, well, you're either smart or you're crazy. I like to think I'm smart. So I really appreciated this conversation with Whitney. I'm really grateful that we were able to have such a transparent conversation, a blunt conversation for this pod episode and hope you guys learned something new. Thanks again. We will be back next week with another new episode. Also, holy shit. It's going to be a new year when we come back. So thanks for listening again. I appreciate you. I love you. Let's make 2021 the best year for cannabis yet. With your help, we can do anything. Bye. Love this episode of To Be Blunt? Be sure to visit theshadaturabi.com slash to be blunt for more ways to connect. New episodes come out on Mondays. And for more behind the scenes, follow along on Instagram at theshadaturabi.com. 